Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. It is good to see you guys today, and I just want to tell everyone that's watching online that uh, we have a special uh, illustration at the end of the service. I'm going to walk right over here where you can see me, you can see what everybody's seeing in the room. So you're going to hold on to the end of the service uh, and watch that, because I know that if you're watching online, see, you can go, ah, I'm done with that. See, these people in here, they're, they're going to stay with me, but I know you need a little extra. That's what someone told me this week. He said, Pastor, I love watching you online, because I can just turn you off whenever I want to. <laughs> You know what I said to that? Shut up. <laughs> oh, it is good to see you. Hey, have I told you lately? I love you. I do. I just want you to know I love you. I do. I love you. Well, we're in a series called Stress Out. In other words, stress out. We've determined in this series that we're always going to have some type of stress in our lives. So the goal, you know, to live without stress is go to heaven. That's where stress, less stress a life without stress is. But here on earth, we're going to have that. You know, and so we found out that in this pandemic that there has been stress that's increased. Would you agree with that? Yes. I think I heard a report the other day that there's 50, I think there was 50% more people saying they're having issues with anxiety and stress now than before the pandemic. And what we've learned is this, and maybe you haven't heard this, is that right on the heels of this pandemic, the coronavirus, there's been another pandemic that's coming that has swept across our land, and you may not have heard about it, and it is the, the pandemic of complaining. Yeah. Yeah. Complaining. It's a pandemic. And I think it's time that we learn to flatten the curve. Amen. Yes. Amen? Amen. Someone says complaining is like bad breath. You don't recognize it until it comes out of somebody else's mouth. Mm -mm. You might want to write that one down right there, I can tell you. Complaining is like bad breath. You don't recognize it until it comes out of someone else's mouth. And so we have to, because complaining adds stress to our lives. Once we begin to complain, it sort of solidifies in our mind and we, our, the trenches in our memory begins to get woven deeper and we get ruts in our mind and, and we begin to think negative things all the time. And if you're constantly thinking about negative things all the time, you're going to feel more stress and you're going to feel more pressure and you're going to feel more anxiety. Would you agree with that? And so today we want to learn how to fix that. And I just want to tell you that the, the, the Bible has a solution for that. It's called gratitude. The way, that you, the way that you overcome uh, complaining and the way that you overcome stress in our life is that we begin to become grateful people Amen. and become people that are, that are grateful what God has done. It's called gratitude. It is the cure. Matter of fact, I read in this, uh, a psychologist report this week that said this about gratitude. It says gratitude has some benefits, and some of the benefits are this. Gratitude eliminates toxic emotions. Hmm. Gratitude, gratitude reduces pain, does better than Tylenol or Advil. Hallelujah, sign me up. 
Gratitude. Gratitude improves sleep quality. Gratitude reduces stress, anxiety, and depression. Does anybody want the miracle drug? Amen? Yes. You you know what? When When I read that, I thought, that sounds just like a commercial, doesn't it? to where they come on and say, you know, here's this great pill, and if you take this, and it's going to relieve all these symptoms if you got this. But at the end of that, they say, you know, well, your liver's going to fail, your kidneys are going to fail, your heart's going to quit working, you're going to die if you take this, right? Well, gratitude is right the opposite. You can take that, and there's no ill side effects. It only, only good side effects, and the commercial doesn't roll. And it is true, and it works. And I'll just be transparent with you. It's something that I have to work on because I have a natural tendency. I can't speak for you, but my natural tendency is to go negative. And I can get negative with the, most, with the, with the best of people. And so I struggle with this. And so I can just tell you today as I'm speaking to you, I'm speaking to me because this is something that I've been trying to practice in my life. And, and I can tell you it's changing me. I hope it will change you as well. So coming up on the screen, here's what I want you to remember. Let's say this out loud. It's coming up. Here we go. You ready? Gratitude is the pathway to peace. Gratitude is. It's the pathway. What you're looking for, you know, you can't smoke enough to get it or drink enough to get it or pop enough pills to get it. You have to learn gratitude. Amen, everybody? Amen. Amen. The world's ways doesn't work. So I want to talk to you today about how to release stress. How do you release it? Because before I go any further, I just want to make sure I'm talking to the right crowd. Has anybody in this room ever experienced any stress besides me? Is anybody? I'm looking. Oh, okay, yeah, all right. So we're, I'm at home now. All right. I just want to make sure. Because the way you're looking at me, I thought, well, I'm the only one that's ever had any stress. So how do you release it? That's the question. You know, I, I know how to get it, don't you? But I don't know how to get rid of it very easily. And so I want you to today, we're going to look into the, to the Bible because God has answers for life. What I love about the Bible is it's written for people like you and me. You say, well, the Bible was written thousands of years ago. Oh, yes, it was, but it was written for human beings, and we haven't changed. Amen. There's a guy by the name of the Apostle Paul. He was, he was a guy that God used, God spoke to, to write the majority of the New Testament. And here he is, he finds himself while he's writing the book of Philippians in the Bible. He finds himself in a jail, a Philippian jail. Now, when I say that that to you, I'm a a little cautious because uh, you may think that the jail that you see when you're you're driving through our counties or other counties, you see a facility like that and you think that's what he was in. No, 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 no. That's an American jail. And I can tell you that I've been in that American jail many times, visiting people. <laughs> yeah, after you've listened to me a while, you're sort of wondering, right? Yeah, I think. But I've been there many times, and I can tell you that that jail does not compare to a third world jail. We've been on mission trips, and we've been by jail cells, and there's many in this room will tell you that's been with us. We went to one in Honduras to where, man, I'm telling you what, it was just, it was just a bars up, block walls, and there was nothing. There's no restroom. There's nothing there. I mean, like, well, you were open to the elements, and it was like, wow. And the Roman jail that Paul was in that he's writing from, now he, he's been taken in as a prisoner because he's been preaching the gospel, and he's in a Roman jail, and he's mistreated, and, and he's in a cell like that. 
And he begins to write these words that are in, they have to be inspired by God because I want to tell you something. If you was in a jail, which was a hellhole, what he was in, if you was in that, it'd be very hard to be joyful. It'd be very easy to be stressed out uh, and complaining about everything, right? It stinks in here. It's hot in here. And I don't know what I'm doing in here. And God, you should have got me out of here. All those kind of things. But we find him differently. We find him there and he begins to write these words. And God had him usually write these words to inspire us in the moments that we would be in like like today. And by the way, I just want you to know that you were created for the moment that we're in. That God, God had you put on earth for 2020. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. We want to hit the reset button, don't we? But we're almost through it. Amen. And we decide this is our decade of destiny. And so this is the th- first thing I'd like to share with you. How to release stress. Number one is this. Make a choice to rejoice in the Lord. Yes. This is what Paul said in the midst of all that he was going through. He said, rejoice in the Lord when? Always. When? Always. Always. He said, I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. The Lord's near. You know, one thing that I learned when I was a child coming up is the things that my parents wanted to make sure that I understood, they said more than one time. Like my dad would say, son, now listen, tomorrow that trash can has got to go out to the road. Don't forget it. And I remember before I go into bed, he'd say, now, son, I want to tell you one more time. That trash can better be at the end of the road, uh, the driveway tomorrow, so the trash people can get it. If not, you're going to be in trouble. He would tell me more than one time the things he really wanted me to get. And he'd be telling the things about my life that he would say to me more than one time because he wanted me to get it. And I can tell you today that when, whenever uh, God wants us to get some, he says it more than one time. And that's what we find happening here is, a, is Paul writing in the jail. He says, rejoice in the Lord. That ain't good enough. I say it again. Rejoice in the Lord. <laughs> He's having to say it again. Rejoice in the Lord. I say it again. Rejoice in the Lord. What is the joy? Rejoicing, I should say. I really, I, I didn't get this for a long time. I've read the Bible through many, many times. And I can tell you, it took me a long time to get what rejoicing was. What rejoicing is, is rejoicing is, is remembering an experience that you had in the past that brought you joy. And when you remember it in the present, it brings you joy again. Does that make sense to you? So maybe, maybe, maybe you remember, remember going on a family vacation somewhere. And when you was on that vacation, it was the greatest vacation ever, and and you just had a wonderful time, and it's been, maybe that's been five years ago, ten years ago, but every time you think about that vacation, you just get those joy feelings all over again. That's what rejoicing is. You rejoice in that vacation. I can tell you at Christmas time, maybe you had a great Christmas one year with all your family and friends, or maybe it was just a great, maybe you got the perfect gift. I don't know, but you remember, when you think about Christmas, you say, my best Christmas ever was this Christmas. And you remember that. And when you talk about that moment, it it can be July. And you talk about that moment, it brings joy all over again. That's rejoicing in that moment. One of those moments that I remember was a Christmas moment. It was a moment that, that, you know, I got it right. I don't usually get it right. Every year I get to Rhonda and my two children, Tyler and Caitlin, I get them a special gift just for me. Because Rhonda and I usually shop for our kids together. And they're thankful for that. (laughs) Because my gift that I get them, it doesn't always go well. 
It's like, oh, you got me what? <laughs> that? What am I going to do with this? And so I can tell you probably about 75% of the time I miss it. But this one Christmas, I got it right. It was, a, it was a Christmas when my daughter, Caitlin, was about 13 or 14 years old. And the smartphone had been out for a little while. And all her friends had the smartphone. She still had a dumb phone. <laughs> the one you flip open, you know. She still had it. And she'd been wanting one forever. And so I didn't even tell Rhonda what I was doing. So I went out and I, I got her a smartphone. And I wrapped it up and I, I put it in the box. I remember we was at Rhonda's parents. That's where we opened our gifts at. And we, all the gifts have been opened. I bring that gift out. So here, Kate, and I put it. Of course, I got it in a giant box, yeah. you know. And so she said, oh, what's this? Said, she said, oh, it's from dad. Expectations went real low. <laughs> she opened up the gift. And when she opened it up and she looked down and, and she saw, she said, it's a, it's a, and, and she just, Lips started quivering. Tear come out of her eye. It's a phone. Dad, it's a phone. And she walked, got up out of her seat, a miracle of all miracles, come over and hug my neck. <laughs> you can see why I'm still rejoicing in that moment right now because they were few and far between. But it was a moment to rejoice. And Paul's saying this. He's saying, even though I'm in jail, and even though right now it may feel like you're in prison with coronavirus in some form, is that we got to learn to rejoice in the Lord, right? He says, always rejoice in the Lord. That means that when you can't, when everything around you is going bad, when nothing's making sense, and it seems like there's just problem after problem after problem, is that you remember what God has already done for you. And when you begin to remember what God has already done for you, you think about what he's done. And as you think about what he did yesterday, you'll know he'll take care of today. And that's rejoicing in the Lord. Amen. Amen. Rejoice in the Lord. Has God done anything good for anybody in this room? Has God done anything? Amen. Yes. And what about at home as well? If you're on your sofa, you raise your hand. And remember what God has done for you because God has been so good to all of us. Amen. When the pandemic started, our church immediately, in one week's time, we had to do everything differently. Everything had to go online. And I can tell you that we have a great staff here. Amen. They work very, very hard. I mean, they work hard every week. But all of a sudden, we had to double our efforts. I mean, we're putting in 80, 100 hours trying to get everything ready to go because there's a lot more to it than just turning a camera on. Amen. And so changing everything. And, and so we were in the middle of, we'd been in that process for several weeks. And I started looking on our staff's face and I could just see the drain and the tired and the discouragement that was coming on. And I even was feeling it myself. And I thought, what can we do? And so I went, I went down and uh, got a, one of these notebooks down at the, the local store here. It's a CVS. And I got a notebook and I, I brought it back to our executive team. And we were sitting in a meeting. And I gave them all a notebook. And I said, what I want you to do is every night before you go to sleep, is that you just write something that you're grateful for in this notebook, in your notebook. And I put this beside my bed, and every night, every night I've written something in there that I was grateful for. And I can tell you this, is that that began to change the tone on our team. You know, what? I, I said, I don't know what good it did them, but all I know is we're all still here. <laughs> we didn't quit in the middle of all of that. 
And what I want to challenge you to do is that you need a reminder every day that good things are happening, though all you hear is bad, 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 good things are happening. So I want to challenge you. Why don't you just get some notebook? It doesn't matter, anyone you want. Put it beside your bed. And before you, before you lay down in that bed, why don't you just write today, Dear God, thank you that I was able to breathe today. Hallelujah. God, thank you that I was able to use my two legs to walk around. Thank you so much for that, God. Thank you that I got a job, God. Thank you that, that I got a home. Thank you, God, I got a bed I'm about to lay down in. Thank you. It's been a good day. Amen. Amen. Be grateful. Gratitude is the attitude that takes you to where you want to go and helps you overcome stress. So let's say it again. It's coming up on the screen. These words, let's say them. Gratitude is the pathway to peace. So we're talking about how to release stress. So Paul tells us the first thing that we have to make a choice to rejoice in the Lord. The second thing is this, is that we have to replace anxious thoughts with words of thanksgiving. Oh, I'm excited about this point. I started to call you at 3 a.m. to tell you. You're glad I didn't, aren't you? Look what Paul says. Again, in the jail cell, he writes this. He says, do not be anxious about what? Anything. Can I tell you I failed that test? I wish I could stand here today and tell you that I'm anxious about nothing, but I would be lying to you. He's saying, don't be anxious about anything. And here's how we do it, because anxiety is a choice in the moment. And we have to learn to choose that moment by moment. He goes on and says this. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition. And would you read these next two words out loud? Let's read them. Ready? Come on. With thanksgiving, present your request to God. As we look at that word anxious, that word in the Greek actually means to be pulled apart. And that's exactly what worry does to us, doesn't it? It pulls us apart. The more anxious we become, the more edgy we become, and it pulls us apart on the inside, but it also pulls us apart from other people because we get mad at them for no reason, right? I mean, we're just edgy. The least little things, when we're stressed out, become big things, don't they? And we make them big things. It means to be pulled apart. Notice what Paul said. He says, go to God. He said, go to God through prayer and petition. Let me tell you, prayer is communicating with God. It's just talking to God. That's what prayer is. But petition is when you tell God what's about, what's about to tear your life apart. When you tell God, you say, God, I'm stressed out, God, about, about this job situation. I'm stressed out about school. This, God, this boyfriend or girlfriend, Lord, I don't know what to do about them. And I don't know what to do about my parents, God. And I don't know what to do about my children. And I don't know what to do about my finances. And God, it looks like this is, this is coming to an end. And I, it looks like I'm going to be devastated here. And you just tell all those things that you're stressed out about Amen. to God. That's petition. But the problem is this is that our words have power. Look what the Bible says in, in Proverbs 18 and 21. It says this. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat their fruit. Now, what, I'm say, what, what he's saying here is that you got to watch what you say. Yes. And the problem with this is prayer. The problem with prayer is this, is that some people go into prayer and they will pray, but they feel more down after they prayed than before they prayed. And the reason being is because they've only, they've only gave their petition. 
You see, when you constantly are saying, God, you know, well, the world's ending, God, you know, this presidential election, it's going to kill, it's going to kill our country, God, our Lord, our, our, this pandemic going to destroy us, oh God, and, and Lord, you know that uh, uh, they won't have a, uh, they won't have a vaccine for it, and our kids are going back to school, and they're going to spread it all over the country, and we're going to go through this again, we're going to shut down. You see what I'm talking about? All that stuff comes in. And when you constantly say that, all right, matter of fact, after me just saying that, some of you go, oh my God, I felt pretty good I come to church. <laughs> but that's the way we lead prayer sometimes, is we tell God all the negatives, which we should. But you shouldn't stop there. I want to stop here, just I want to take a pause just a second, hit the pause button and tell you something I read. I read a book called The Stress Proof Brain by a lady by the name of Melanie Greenberg, a psychologist. And she made a recommendation when it comes to worry and anxiety that I thought was good. I want to share it with you. When you begin to get worried, is that you have to make yourself a deal. And she recommended getting you a chair that you call your worry chair. And that you train yourself to go sit in that chair and worry all you want to. All those things that I just said, all the world's ending, this is bad, this is bad, Every, everything, everywhere you got. When you sit in that chair, you just think about it all. Just worry yourself as much as you want to. But after a set period of time, that you would get up out of that chair and you'd leave your worries there. Amen. And then when, you, then when you leave your worries there, then when you're going throughout the day and you start having that worry come in, you say, no, 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 worry. I can't think about you right now. We got an appointment at 8 o'clock tonight, but no, before then I can't think about it. I got to move on with life, right? Amen. Doesn't that sound good? Amen. You see, the problem is this, is that most of us have a place to pray and we will have a chair to pray in and we will pray for 10 minutes and then we'll go worry the rest of the day. Why don't you exchange places? Hallelujah. Why don't you go worry for 10 minutes, all you want to worry? And then this is what the recommendation is. Why don't you just, after you do that, you sit in that chair, you worry. See, some of you, some of you, you got to, your place that you worry is too comfortable. It's called your bed. That's why oh, you're laying awake all night. What are you doing? You're worrying. See, see, no, no. Get out of the bed and get yourself in the chair. And say, oh, I got, no, I only got 10 minutes. I'm not going to be here all night. Now, 10 minutes, we're going to go at it. And then after you get down to 10 minutes of worry, why don't you just turn around, get on your knees, and put your elbows in that chair and begin to give prayer and petition to God. Say, God, you know what's going through my mind. And don't stop there. No, no, no. No, if you stop right there just with prayer, you're going to miss it. He said, no, with prayer, petition, and then thanksgiving. And let me tell you something. When you begin to leave that room and leave that chair, you say, the rest of the day, you say, I know that God's got this. God, I thank you that you're able to take care of our country. I think you're able to take care of our finances. I think you're able to take care of our family. God, I think you can take care of this job. You can take care of this car. You can take care of this house. You got it, God. It's all yours all day long. See, we're going we're gonna to exchange this. We're, instead of worrying all day, we're going to give thanks all day. Hallelujah. And when worry comes, no, no, no. It's time to thank God. Amen. See, exchange, trading places. Trading your, trading your worry time for thankful time. And that changes everything. It brings a spirit of gratitude. You see, it's hard to be hateful when you're grateful. That was good right there. I don't know where it come from, but it was good. It's hard to be hateful when you're grateful. You don't even hate on yourself when you're grateful. And you don't hate on your spouse when you're grateful. Come on. 
You don't hate on your children when you're grateful. You don't hate on your mom and dad when you're grateful. You don't hate on your country when you're grateful. You don't hate on your coworker when you're grateful. You don't hate on people when you're grateful. Amen? Amen. It's hard to be hateful and grateful. Look what Isaiah 20, uh, 26 and 3 says. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. You notice that? Thanksgiving makes you fix your thoughts on Jesus. Remember we said Jesus in, stress out. And so fixing our thoughts on him. And let me just say this. You know, when you come together with people like this, it's encouraging. Yes. And, and, you know, I want to challenge you. I thank you for showing up. I thank you that when you come together, some, some people have said, Pastor Jeff, you know, I've been watching online, but it's nothing like being in person. And I think we all can agree with that. And those of you that are watching, and let me say this, if, if, you, if you're unable to because of your health to be here with us, our hearts are with you. But there's others of you that may be going to Home Depot and Walmart and everywhere else and you haven't been able to get back to God's house. I would just challenge you, why don't you just come back and come back to God's house? Just saying, just saying. Just, just, just saying. I'm not, I'm not throwing any shade your way. I'm just saying, all right? Just saying. It's important to be together. And so I would say that, that you, listen, you, can, you need to be in a group, a group of people. And we have groups that you can be involved in. And so I would challenge you to, you know, go online and go on your app and find your group. And here's the great thing. You say, well, I don't know anybody. That's all right. You can start your own. Because come October, we're doing a new series called The Perfect Prayer. I've written a book. We're going to do the small groups and we're going to do uh, the sermons are all going to align and we're going to grow spiritually like never before through October and part of November that, that, you know, heaven's going to take notice and hell is going to get out of the way. Because, because we're going to grow. So I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you, whoever you are. If you're not in a group, then we're expecting you to start a group. You say, this is my first Sunday here. Hallelujah. We're glad you come. If you're just on that connection card, if you're here, just check the box on there. It says, uh, hey, I want to uh, be a part of a two or more group before we call them. Just check. We'll get you the information. If you're watching online as well, you can uh, check your box or you can uh, message us or whatever you want to do. We'll get it to you because we are going to, the Bible said the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And let me just tell you something. The church is not going to sit back and let's let the world go to hell. We're going we're gonna to become the church, amen, and we're going to be spiritually strong that we can stand our ground and give truth in the middle of this chaos. Amen. And so I want to challenge you to do that. All right, come on, let's move on. You ready? Here we go. The, the, our statement's coming up again. Let's say it one more time. You ready? Gratitude is the pathway to peace. So we're talking about how to release stress. How to release, we said, you know, first of all, we've got to make a choice to rejoice in the Lord. We've got to replace our anxious thoughts with words of thanksgiving. And the third thing that Paul teaches us, that's why I love the Bible, because it's practical, it teaches you, is to live in the peace of God. Live in the peace of God. Look what he says. He says this, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard. You see that? Let's say those two words together. Ready? Will guard. Will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Now, what I'd like to say is this. Paul, again in the jail, not only was he in jail, but he was chained to a guard. 
His guard, wherever he went, he went to, he, he had, that guard had to go with him because they didn't want him to escape. So, I mean, his chain was only like maybe from here to there, and he was chained to him. And Paul was saying this, as he was looking at that Roman guard there and all of his attire and how, how that Roman guard not only was to make sure he didn't escape, but he was also, Paul had some enemies that wanted to kill him. He was make, that guard was making sure that nobody harmed him. And Paul was saying, the peace of God is like this guard. He's going to go with you everywhere you are. The peace of God's going to follow you, going to be with you, and going to protect you. He's going to guard your heart and your mind. What is your heart? Your heart is those negative emotions. What you're feeling, you know, many times we feel bad, right? You know why a lot of times we feel bad? It's because we compare what's going on on the inside of us with what we see going on with out on the outside of somebody else. Let me say that again. Sometimes we compare with the feelings that we're, the feelings we're having on the inside, what's on inside of us, to what we see going on with somebody else. And let me just tell you, what you see going on with somebody else on the outside is not what's going on on the inside of them. Because they can look like they ain't got a problem in the world and they're about, they about to go under. Amen? And so what I, Paul said, this, this peace of God, the peace of God is with us. Now watch this. The, the, that peace that I'm talking about, the peace of God is different than the peace with God. You can never have the peace of God until you have peace with God. The peace with God means this, is that you realize that, that you're a child of God and that tonight, if you, when you lay your head on your pillow, that you can go to sleep knowing that if I take my last breath while I'm asleep, I'm going to wake up in heaven with God. That is peace with God. Amen. And let me tell you, it's hard, and that reduces stress. Let me tell you, if you know that you know that when, when your time is done on this earth, that you're going to go to heaven with God, that reduces stress. Amen. And so God wants you to have peace with him. And I would, I would say this to you right now. If you don't know, if you took your last breath today and you don't know where you spend eternity at, I would say today's the day you get that right. And you say, dear Lord Jesus, come into my life and save me. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to help me do what you want me to do. I want to do your will. And Lord, the rest of my life, I want to serve you. And if you pray that prayer right there, my friend, and you mean it, then let me tell you something. Your eternity's changed. And you can rest better than you've ever rested before. You can sleep more at peace because you know that he's got you. Amen? The Prince of Peace. It's hard to have peace without the Prince of Peace. So there's a number coming up on the screen. If you're in this room or if you're online, I want, to, I want you to text the, those words, following Christ, or you can check it on your connection card if you're in the room or online, if you can check that box as well. It says, I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower so we can pray for you. The last verse that we have that Paul goes into to tell us about this attitude of gratitude, he says this in Philippians 4 and 8, he says this, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If there's any, if there's any, if there's any excellence or praiseworthy, let's look what he said. Let's read it. You ready? Come on. Think about such things. Think about such things. What I want you to know is, is gratitude unlocks the fullness of life. Jesus said, Jesus said, you know, I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. Gratitude opens that up. So let's go over here to my I know you've been wondering about this all. You're like, man, hurry up and get to that. I know that's probably what you're thinking. I have a glass of water here. This represents our life. This is your life, my life. 
And it's amazing, our life starts off very pure, stress-free. But all of a sudden, we begin to grow and we begin to start having stresses and we start listening to our friends who tell us how bad our parents are. Puts a little stress in there, right? We start listening, we start listening also to social media now and, uh, and we get more stress. Well, social media, let's just get a little more stress, amen? Because that's a bunch of people telling us how we should think and how we should feel. And then we start listening to our co-workers who tell us how bad the world is, and then we get a, a little more stress. And then, you know what? Then we, our bills come in, and we get more stress. Hallelujah. And before you know it, that boyfriend or girlfriend comes in and tells us that they no longer want to be with us, and we get more stress. And before you know it, we're stressed out people. Our lives are nothing but a stress. And right now, that's what so many of us in this room right now, if the truth of the matter, if you could look inside of us, you would find nothing but stress. But the Bible says that when you're grateful, and Paul said when you think on these things, whatever is true, whatever is just, whatever is noble, whatever is good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. So what do you do? Well, I can keep complaining in, or I can put... Uh, blessings in and thanksgiving and so we're going to learn to do this we're going to learn to do this god i just thank you for who you are you're the savior of my life you're the master of my soul and god you've gotten me you've taken care of me all of my life you lord you've been with me you've never failed me you never forsake me oh god you've been with me all my life you've taken care of my children you've taken care of my parents you've taken care of my of my job oh god you know me oh lord every night that i sleep you're with me oh god you're with me every day that i get up i thank you that you've been good you're the god you're the creator of the heavens and the earth and you've got me god God. You've got me, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, you're mine. I thank you, God, that you've been good to me, oh God. I want to praise you right now, God, because you're the creator of everything. You're the God of heaven and earth, oh Lord. You're the way maker. You're the miracle worker, oh God. You're the, you're the reason I exist, oh God. You are my light. You're my song. You're my joy. You're my hope. You're my peace. You're my freedom. Oh God, you're my all in all. And if I've got you, I've got everything. Hallelujah. Come on, stand with me, everybody. Hallelujah. You know what that says right there? Oh, you know what that says? God is more than enough. He's more than enough. That's what it, Thanksgiving is. The peace of God is realized that God is more than enough. And right, let me tell you something. What you got right now is enough. If you've got God, you've got 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 enough. You've got enough. He's more than enough. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.